from Amiskwachi Waskaigan in Treaty 6 Territory and Alberta Metis District 10. This is Lothian Taylor, your host for this episode of Shout for Libraries. We are a show about topics and trends in the field of librarianship, brought to you by students from the Librarian Information Studies Program at the University of Alberta. Now, navigating information ethics is at the heart of what librarians do, and honestly, it isn't for the faint of heart. And with the integration of artificial intelligence into the mainstream, things are only starting to get even more tangly. The easier AI makes our lives, the more challenging it is to empower communities to engage with machine intelligence safely and ethically. Luckily, we have a course for that in our program. In LIS 530, Technology, Information, and Society, students unpack contemporary debates in the arena of digital sociology. Last month, you heard myself and Monica Mattiford explore the perks and pitfalls of Sherrington culture. We focused on issues of privacy, consent, and children's rights in the online influencer sphere. Today on Shout for Libraries, we're airing the second part of our guest episode series on issues that impact our community's youngest digital citizens. You'll hear the voices of Gift Nwokolo and Amanda Robinson as they tackle tough questions about how young children engage with AI through play. My name is Gift. And I'm Amanda. We are graduate students in the Master of Library and Information Studies program at the University of Alberta. And um, I think before we continue, we should acknowledge the land we stand on. We acknowledge that we are in Edmonton, located within 26 territory and within the Métis homeland and Métis nation of Alberta Region 4. Today, we are speaking about how young children perceive their interaction with AI devices and what this means for public libraries as digital literacy educators. This topic piqued our interest as future librarians because if we can see AI through the eyes of young children, we can provide more effective digital literacy education to toddlers, preschoolers, and their caregivers. How did this topic find us? Because it actually did find us. We came across this topic when a fellow student who works with us on this podcast shared a story about her daughter's mixed um, response to virtual assistance technology. The child would play with Google Home at a relative's house, and it was all fun and games during the day. But at night, this two-year-old was terrified of what else the device might do or is capable of, and wondered whether it could harm her. She would reassure herself with statements like, Google does not live in our house, and Google is not in my closet because that would be scary. This story, as interesting as it is, actually sparked our curiosity about how very young children conceptualize AI and the internet of toys, and what that means for libraries who provide access to and education about technology. We are here to encourage you all to join us to ponder the question, is AI the monster under the bed? Is it a helpful educational resource or somewhere in between? While we were researching for this um, project, we noticed that there seems to be a depth of knowledge in this area of toddlers and preschoolers' interaction with AI. But this was not surprising considering it's a new area of AI use. However, we were able to lay our hands on a couple of resources, which we will be drawing from today. It was fascinating to find that there are a lot of AI products in use, such as Amazon, Alexa, and uh, Google Home and new products that have not even been introduced into the market which are still being created, such as AI baby monitors 
and AI being used as teaching tools. And the most intriguing uh, is AI teddy bear that generates customized bedtime stories tailored to preferences and other information the, the child shares with it. I find this really interesting, Amanda. It's been really nice for me to have a teddy bear that knows my thoughts and reads me bedtime stories that would just suit me to bed instantly. Yeah, it is definitely neat, but there's also something about it that I find a little bit creepy. Yeah, I know. It could be creepy as well. Um, that reminds me, Amanda, could you share the details of an interesting article you found about children's reaction to Alexa and how the device conveys emotion? Yeah, definitely. So I was reading up on this topic and I came across an article that's from this year that's written by Valentina Andres and Judy Robertson. So the article is titled, Alexa doesn't have that many feelings, children's understanding of AI through interactions with smart speakers in their homes. So it seems like quite a fitting title for the conversation that we are having today. Yeah, I think so. So within this article, there was a study done in Scotland on children between the ages of six and 11. And what the researchers were doing was conducting questionnaires and interviews on children in elementary school to determine how they view smart speakers. So the findings were quite interesting, and I will get into a few that really stood out to me. So some children were found to think that smart speakers could be offended. Along with that, there were children who believed that smart speakers either do have feelings or that they may have feelings. They felt that it was possible that they could hurt the smart speaker's feelings if they talked rudely to it. Younger children were found to trust the smart speaker either the same or even more than they would trust a friend. There was also a portion of children who did believe that their smart speaker has friends. So talking to someone can be a good outlet for children. And even though AI could possibly offer mental health supports, The concern is that this cannot be a replacement for human therapists or for children to be talking to a trusted adult about serious issues happening in their lives. AI may miss the emotional support aspect, and of course, it won't be able to offer children the same support as an adult, which could be detrimental to their well-being. In the article, when children were asked if Alexa is programmed to be smart, one child answered, How does she know that much if she's six years old? Meaning that some children may view smart speakers as going through a similar developmental process as humans, which I found to be really interesting. So some children are viewing Alexa as being around their own age and as their friend, which means children are viewing smart speakers as being human-like and trustworthy, which may cause them to overestimate how reliable and capable the systems that they're interacting with are. So this article did focus on children between six and 11 who are thinking in these ways about AI, but we can infer that children younger than six, such as toddlers and preschoolers, are likely to be as susceptible in their beliefs about AI. So Gift, I know you were looking into some of the benefits of AI interactions with children. Would you be able to share some of your findings with us? Yeah, definitely. But before I get into that, I would like to state that I find it really amusing how the child was able to easily personify Alexa and even assign it a pronoun. I mean, 
it's going to be a really interesting research to find out what pronouns people are assigning AIs now. Yeah, that would be very interesting. Exactly. Um, so moving on to the benefits of AI, most of the research done with AI and children is done by adults as educators and as researchers. The research identifies some educational um, benefits. Aside from the educational benefits, recently artificial intelligence has demonstrated a substantial utility in various facets of life. However, while conducting research for these um, projects, one article that particularly captured my attention discussed the potential application of artificial intelligence in the treatment of children with autism. The article highlighted the use of computer systems and digital equipment to create a secure and comforting virtual environment, offering users a range of therapeutic games and scenario simulations. This article was by Yuchen in 2023. The recency makes it a perfect article for this topic of discourse today. This article also places a lot of emphasis on how games can be tailored to suit individual needs as they are constructed using personal data. This customization increases efficiency and yields better results. Another striking benefit was the cost-saving nature of applying AI. As um, the, the treatment of traditional autism typically involves a one-on-one doctor-patient approach, but with this AI, these expenses are significantly reduced and more kids can have access to this treatment. Amanda, I was wondering if people have concerns about um, the use of AI by young children and if these concerns are going to outweigh the benefits that AI use profess. Thanks, Gift, for sharing the importance that AI technology can have on children who are on the autism spectrum. It does seem very beneficial, yeah. but I will get into some of the concerns now. Mm-hmm. So I did come across one article written by Sis Klarski from 2023, and it was about parents' reactions to the use of chatbots and AI writing tools in schools. So parents interviewed in the article were concerned about how chatbots and AI writing tools may affect their children. Experts encourage parents to have a conversation and model healthy tech use. It was suggested that parents talk with their children about safety issues, where problems arise with AI, along with how AI is useful. So without this, children may not understand safety and ethical dilemmas when it comes to using AI technology. Parents worry about cheating concerns for their children when they're in school due to AI writing tools. Even parents without school-aged children yet were concerned about what it will be like for their children once they enter school. This was really interesting to me as this is not an area that our parents ever would have even had to consider when we were kids growing up. (laughs) Exactly. I think our parents um, were lucky on that one. Yes. <laughs> that was one less thing they had to worry about. I agree. Other parents worried about inequalities between children who may have tech-savvy parents and those who may not, since they may have different knowledge levels on this type of technology. This brings me to another article written by Yang from 2022 that was focused on children in preschool. And one topic that came up was around why learning AI in the early years is important to ensure digital equity for all. The article talks about the digital divide and how children from less advantaged backgrounds have less exposure and experience with AI technology. It was also mentioned that there 
is an urgent need to promote AI for children in classrooms to achieve digital equity and developmental goals in early childhood education. Another concern that I briefly mentioned earlier is around how AI is not a replacement for human engagement. Parents, caregivers, and educators should participate alongside children when they're using AI technology and learn along with them about the safety, advantages, and disadvantages of AI. Thank you so much for that detailed talk on concerns. And like you said, I believe that concerns for AI use totally depends on how technology savvy the parent is. Yeah. I'm thinking about it now. Libraries are influencers within the community they serve. So I was wondering if you had any take on what roles libraries can play in educating children on AI and its uses. Yeah, so the connection between educating children on AI in libraries is still a relatively new area, which didn't make it easy to find concrete examples within the literature on the role that libraries are currently playing when it comes to teaching children about artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. But what we do know, though, is, of course, that libraries can play a big role in teaching children about digital literacy. So at this time, there are some statements from library associations on AI. The International Federation of Library Associations and Institutions has a statement on AI and libraries, but it doesn't say anything about children. The American Library Association also has produced a report on AI, but it focuses on the workforce and it only briefly discusses the role of AI in helping teachers develop lesson plans. There are official statements on AI on the Canadian Federation of Library Associations website, and they discuss AI primarily in the context of copyright. So there's no statement from a library association on AI and children. I'm once again going to mention the Andres and Robertson article and how they discuss that children may feel safer to talk to their smart speakers than to their friends and may have more trust towards the smart speakers and the concerns that there are around this when it comes to privacy. Some children did say they would change their interaction with smart speakers if their family could access or view their interactions. But what the children did not realize is that their family members may be able to view these interactions via searching the history on their devices that are connected to the smart speakers. Children are unaware that their data and private interactions may be available to third-party companies that offer services through smart speakers. Smart speakers may risk cybersecurity concerns, so it is important for those using them to be aware of this. I think the role that libraries can play in this is through programming and teaching not only children about safety when it comes to AI, but teaching caregivers so that they can talk to their children about this topic when it feels appropriate for them to do so. So within libraries, there are robots and other STEM educational tools that can be used to educate children on digital literacy. So I mentioned STEM as AI education is closely related to STEM education. They both require creative exploration, so children can be motivated to learn and to make something personally relevant and meaningful to them. So going back to the Yang article, it was mentioned that there is an AI interface robot that was designed to teach young children about AI 
to assist in the development of a healthy appreciation for AI's abilities and limitations to help children have a positive relationship with artificial intelligence technology. Based on our discussion today, I think we can all say this would be important in today's world. There was also a social robot mentioned in the article that is used to teach young children about AI. The robot was used as a learning companion for children four to seven years of age to program and train. So what this robot did was teach about knowledge-based systems through how AI robots can learn. To do this, children would teach the AI robot the rules of rock, paper, scissors on a programming interface of a tablet. Children could teach the robot either correct or incorrect rules and then play with the robot. Another AI concept taught was that of supervised machine learning. So this was how AI robots learn patterns. The children would teach the AI robot to classify healthy versus unhealthy foods based on different features. So for example, a color. And lastly, generative AI concepts were taught by showing that AI robots may not always follow rules. The children would teach the robots musical emotions and then the children would play the music to the robot and the robot would play back a remix version of the music. An interesting part of this article is that even though the focus of the article was on AI education into a school-based curricula, the author stated that may be a future possibility, but that for in the present, AI education should take place in informal learning settings, such as both libraries and museums, to help teach children and enrich their experiences. I did also briefly look up the Edmonton Public Library website and saw that they offer educational robot tools at their makerspace. It appeared that they are to assist with exploring technology. This is a really good example of the role that libraries play in teaching children about AI and digital literacy. Libraries can take on an important role when it comes to ensuring that children learn about AI, its benefits and disadvantages, along with the importance of privacy and safety education. Yeah, I think the library has their job cut out for them and they have taken it up nicely to a large extent, although there is room for more, except for the rural libraries who face the challenge of funding. So having gotten this far, I think we greatly come to the end of this discussion today. However, I would like to encourage all of us to continue contemplating the impact of AI on young children. To facilitate this, we've compiled a list of relevant materials in the show notes for you to peruse. We would like to say that this podcast was created by Michaela Leblanc, Amanda Robison, Joel Reniger, and Gift Mokolo, specifically crafted for the Information Technology and Society course. Thanks for listening. You just heard Gift Mokolo with Amanda Robinson with the guest episode, There's a Robot in My Closet. Now, if you don't have a storytelling robot on hand and you'd rather curl up with a book, here's Gentia Ross Van Mierlo with some page turners that might keep you up well past your bedtime. Nightlight not included. Hello. In this segment, the first book I want to recommend is Chain Gang All-Stars by Nana Kwame Ejebrenya. This book blew me away. If you're a fan of The Hunger Games, this book stacks up like a hurricane against it. In it, 
the main characters fight for their lives to escape the American prison system, literally. Chain Gang All-Stars takes you on a journey, but it'll all end in the arena. For those of you who enjoy reading queer fiction from diverse perspectives, this book is for you. The second book I'd like to recommend is an oldie, but a goodie. Oh, did you think I was going to recommend Pride and Prejudice? Psych! Actually, I'm recommending a different work of Jane Austen's. Northanger Abbey is considered by some to be an outlier in Austen's oeuvre. It's a satire of gothic literature, with, of course, that classic Austen romance, Once Upon a Midnight Dreary, While I Pondered, Weak and Weary. I turned on the lights and realized that Ravens could not actually talk. If this setup appeals to you, I highly recommend Northanger Abbey. And finally, I'd like to recommend Wrath Goddess Sing by Maya Dean. Did you ever read the Iliad and wish that there were more women and queer people? Dean's answer to, you, to your wish is powerful and relentless. Read the classic tale of the Trojan War, but through the eyes of Achilles. After transitioning her gender, Achilles goes off to fight the Trojans. But I'm not going to spoil what happens next. If you're a fan of retellings, Greek myth, and the classics, I think you'll enjoy this one for sure. And that's been Reader's Advisory with me, Tia. Thanks for listening to Shout for Libraries. We'll be back next month with more juicy library news. If you miss an episode or you want to share this one, find us on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Shout for Libraries or on X at Shout number four libraries. This month's episode was produced by Joelle Reiniger and Jadia Ross Van Mierlo with special guests Amanda Robinson, Gif Nuokolo, and Michaela LeBlanc. This is Lothian Taylor, and I was your host for this episode. Our theme song is Beanbag Fight by Scandalobe. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.